What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Cat Brooks. In 2023, post the 2020 rebellions in response to the murder of George Floyd, law enforcement in this country killed the highest number of people on record, 1,152 folks. So far in 2024, law enforcement has already murdered 81 people. That's 30 more people than last week's roundup. And we don't even know most of their names. There were no marches, rallies, rebellions, or hashtags for them. Most of their families grieved in silence and solitude. Police murders are just the tip of an egregious iceberg of transgressions against our people. Law enforcement serves as a militarized occupying army in our communities and neighborhoods. They racially profile, sexually assault, and wrongfully incarcerate our folks. If we don't know what's happening, then we can't fight back. We can't adequately organize a response. So, Law and Disorder is committed to providing regular Thursday roundups of news related to state violence. We hope this segment serves to expose, agitate, and build. This is the State Terror Roundup for the week of January 29th, 2024. The abortion ban frenzy has hemmed up a lot of women. A large percent of those women are black and not very many were even trying to get an abortion, but rather found themselves entangled in the criminal legal system because they miscarried. We kick off our roundup with the case of Brittany Watts in Ohio. When Brittany woke up at her Warren, Ohio home on September 22nd, 2023, she knew she was miscarrying. Her 22-week-old fetus had been declared non-viable by doctors several days prior. Bleeding and in pain, she spent a total of 19 hours in the hospital over a span of two days begging to be induced. But an ethics group at Mercy Health, St. Joseph Warren Hospital, had concerns about Ohio's abortion laws and how they applied to Watts' case, ultimately resulting in hours of delayed care. Delayed care, which in some cases has cost women their lives, not to mention the chill factor these conditions place on doctors who have taken an oath to protect life, but now are afraid to act because of potential legal ramifications, including prison sentences due to abortion bans. Watts, frustrated with the lengthy wait time, said she left the hospital both days against medical advice. She said she miscarried alone in her bathroom. When Watts returned to Mercy Health for medical care following the miscarriage, she says a nurse rubbed her back and told her everything would be okay before calling the police at the direction of the hospital's risk management team. Because yes, let's arrest the black woman so we don't get sued or in trouble ourselves. And the nurse asked the cops to go to the home to find the fetus. As Watts recovered in her hospital bed, officers from the Warren City Police Department searched her home, eventually finding the fetus lodged in traps of the toilet. Watts was charged with abuse of a corpse, a felony charge that was ultimately dismissed earlier this month after an Ohio grand jury declined to indict her. Why were the charges dismissed? Because she didn't do anything wrong. There are a growing number of these kinds of cases, the consequences of bad policy, anti-blackness, and sexism. Watts says her focus now is getting to work on making sure the laws are changed and people are educated on what to do during miscarriage. Good for you, Brittany. We are with you. Source, ABC News. The Mississippi Bureau of Investigation is investigating a car chase that ended with Capitol Police officers shooting and injuring a person in Jackson, Mississippi. Again, y'all, chase means moving away, posing no actual threat. There really is no need for cops to chase folks. And taking cops out of traffic, a campaign APTP is currently working on, would solve all of this and save lives. 
According to the news release, the driver led officers on a brief pursuit before getting out of his vehicle. They say he exited with a weapon. That's what they say. Who knows? Because you can't really believe them. They say that there was exchanged gunfire. The person sustained injuries and was taken to the local hospital. Officers involved did not receive any serious physical injury. They rarely, if ever, do. Body camera footage of the incident is being preserved, MBI officials said. It's Mississippi, so we shall see. Source, the Clarion Ledger. And in another domestic violence tragedy where cops shouldn't have been called in the first place, Lathrop police are investigating whether the officer was justified in shooting someone. In fact, it is the seventh most deadly law enforcement agency in the country, the California Highway Patrol, that is doing the investigation. That should make us all feel better. Neighbor surveillance video captured the moment Lathrop police officers started the chase of the person, a Mr. Valdez in his Nissan sedan. The pursuit ended 20 minutes later and about three miles away from the neighborhood when an officer fired his weapon, shooting Valdez on the interstate. This is a really good neighborhood, said Ron Bindel, a neighbor. We saw that happen. It was like, whoa, what's going on? What's going on indeed? Traffic stops rarely interrupt crime, but what they do do is put more people of color in dangerous situations which trigger happy police. The officer has been placed on paid administrative leave during the investigation. Lathrop Police is a new law enforcement agency established in June of 2022. This is the department's first case of an officer shooting a person, but surely will not be the last. Source, Michelle Bandoff, KCRA3. Oh, look, sometimes the wheels of justice do turn. Former Deputy Michael Jason Mead is facing murder and reckless homicide charges in Franklin County Common Police Court in connection with the December 4th, 2020 murder of 23-year-old Casey Goodson Jr., Meade had been working as part of a federal task force when he said through one of his attorneys that Goodson flashed a gun at him as he drove by. Yeah, okay, because who does that? Goodson had a concealed carry uh, license. Meade followed Goodson to his home where Goodson resided with his grandmother and others. Meade's attorneys have said Goodson didn't heed verbal commands from Meade to show his hand or drop his weapon. Goodson's family says he was carrying sandwiches in one hand, keys in another, while returning home from a dentist appointment and had earbuds in at the time. Meade shot him six times with five of the bullets striking him in the back. Meade has since taken retirement from the sheriff's office, which means he's living off a fat pension paid with taxpayer dollars. SourceDispatch.com. Ending this week again with an international focus, dozens of protesters took to the streets of downtown Winnipeg in so-called Canada, demanding answers in the police shooting of a 19-year-old Nigerian student. The crowd of people marched through downtown Saturday afternoon to the Manitoba legislature where they called for change in police responses to mental health calls. This must not happen again. Everyone has a right to live, said Obehi Vera Kinyedi, the president of the Nigerian Association of Manitoba. Everyone has rights to call 911, he said. Right, yes, Obehi. Should they? No. The protest came in the wake of 19-year-old Afalabi Stephen Opaso, who died after being shot by Winnipeg police on New Year's Eve. Opaso, who was from Nigeria, had been studying economics at the University of Manitoba at the time. Police have said officers were responding to reports of a man acting erratically who, when they encountered Opaso armed with two knives. However, a lawyer for Opaso's family told CTV News the man was having a mental health episode and said there is no indication Opaso attacked police. This is why police should not respond to mental health calls. The protest called for a speedy and transparent investigation into the murder so the family can get answers as to what happened. Answers that likely won't come and surely will not provide solace. Source, CTV, Winnipeg.
This has been the State Terror Roundup for the week of January 29th, 2024. State Terror Roundup soundtrack provided by Coffee Brown, an Oakland musician, singer, and songwriter who's been a force in Bay Area hip-hop and soul scene since the 1990s. You can check her out at kofybrown.com and her website and socials are linked from our site at kpfa.org. A shout-out to my producer, Jesse Strauss, for helping me curate the content for this segment. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.